Hello, and welcome to the Grand Cinema Hotel, a podcast hosted by three friends who love cinema. I'm Gus, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Nate and Alvaro. Tonight, you'll be staying in Room 135, Suspiria, the remake of Dario Argento's most popular film, directed by Luca Guadagnino. So go ahead, get comfortable, and throw on that Do Not Disturb sign as we dance our way through Suspiria. At the beginning, she gave me things. Perfect balance. Perfect sleep. She wants to get inside of me. I can feel her. What's going on, all you dancing witches? Thanks for checking back into the Grand Cinema Hotel. As always, if you're listening on YouTube, smash all the like buttons, leave us a comment, subscribe. If you're listening on any of the podcast listening apps, push those notifications so you get let know when we drop our newest podcast episode. And that takes us to the next film in our Elite Eight of our horror bracket, Suspiria, the 2018 remake. Um, Absolutely Wild movie, honestly. So, do you want to go ahead and get into the first time that we saw this? Uh, yeah, you want to go first, Nate? Yeah, I'll go into it. Um, I actually did not see this until pretty recently. I watched it with Euro. Um, and uh, I think I had just kind of put off seeing this movie for a while because I really do. I did really enjoy the original. Mm-hmm. And after seeing the trailer and everything for the 2018, it just looked honestly so different then i was like i don't know how this is gonna how this is gonna turn out but after seeing it i can honestly say that i was i really enjoyed it it was a big surprise to me and i think that this is one of the movies that um goes to show you that you can redo original ip and make it your own so i think that's what is probably the strongest part of this movie uh so my first time i think i think me and ro watched it together when it first came out on uh like to rent or digital or whatever, because we didn't see this in the theaters. But this movie also was a rare thing for me. It's because, to me, there's something weird about being a movie fan that, like, no other fan base really has, which is, like, you're supposed to be excited about things that someone else saw in a different country, and you just have to go off there like, oh, bro, this movie's coming out. Like, And I remember Suspiria is one of the only movies where I actually paid attention to that because when the trailer first debuted at this, like, they do this, like, horror movie, like, award show presentation thing kind of every year. Um, I forget what it's called, but I had I had just heard all the buzz about Suspiria that, like, this is fucking mind-bending. It's crazy. And I had – the only other movie I had really heard about, like, heard similar things about was uh, Hereditary, too. Mm-hmm. It was just like, bro, these two movies are going to blow your mind. And the tra- just the trailers are scary as fuck. And yeah. like, I remember them saying, like, this is going to be one of the scariest movies of all time. So it had gotten me really excited. Um, but I don't even know if it ever came to our local area, honestly. And it was before Stubbs and A-List and all that. It might have been in the, the heat of Movie Pass, which was a beautiful thing. Yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> but we finally saw this here at uh, my apartment. And I remember just being blown away because I had seen the original maybe a year or two before when I was just trying to learn more about movies. And I kind of felt the same way you did. I was like, how are you going to remake something like this? Yeah. And not just be derivative or whatever. But like you said, I think this movie does go to show that you can you can give it your own twist. Mm-hmm. And it's so different that it it's so different even though it has the ba- like the uh, backbone of the, of the same of the movie, the original. One. Yeah. I don't know. I'm tongue twisted. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the first time, oh yeah, Gus has shared, obviously we would watch it together first time here. Um, I had seen, 
the colorful aspects of the original one in class, like before when we were studying. Um, I kind of like when I saw the trailer for this, I kind of thought that that's what the reason I wasn't going to like it was like the original looks really colorful and this kind of looks kind of like mundane, kind of opaque. Um, yeah. And then so once we saw it, I don't know, it, it instantly kind of became a favorite. And I think it's because I felt like at that time I hadn't seen much that a horror movie that made me feel like that. That was kind of like bouncing back on um, some of the other movies that we've talked about in the horror bracket. Like, that was a movie that made me feel like I could have these type of, um, like, even the nightmare sequences or some of the contorting is so disgustingly that I'm like, I'm, that's the stuff that I'm afraid of. So I really love this film from the get-go when we first saw it, too. Yeah. No, it's a good one. I uh, This movie is one of the more shocking movies I think I've seen recently. Um, honestly, like, good word. there are just some scenes, I know we'll get into it, but there are just some scenes in there that completely got me off guard. And especially just because, like, having in mind the like, Argento's original, film like it's just so different than than anything that was in that i just i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't believe that that was in the movie you like know? some people go like i guess it's a remake but it's not in its own way it's like a weird cousin of it yeah it's know? like yeah it's like almost like an, an homage to it kind it's of like, like an alternate reality yeah of it. it really is um i not to put you on the spot or anything but would you consider yourself like an argento guy have you seen any of his i've films seen really? some stuff yeah um I, I like him i think he's like I think he's pretty unique. Like, I I really, obviously, like, I think anybody that likes him is probably aware of or enjoys his color palette choices. Yeah. Like, that's what always has really drawn me to his films. And that's why, like, as a kid, like, I, that's when I saw the original Suspiria. Um, and I just, like, I fell in love with it. It was beautiful. And that, it wasn't it necessarily the scariest thing I've ever seen, but it was pretty unique. And I, <laughs> I like the story, and the colors are just incredible. That was not, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, that was just, uh, Dario Hento was, like, the intro to me for Italian, like, horror. And I know we've talked about that, like, giallo stuff. And I just did the same way as you. Just the colors just stood out to me. And, like, whether the movies were corny or not, I kind of didn't care. It was just more about what it looked like. But there was, like, this surreal type of horror to those movies that was different than American horror. Definitely. Uh, what I was going to say is that I wouldn't consider myself, like, a huge Argento fan. But when Shudder had first uh, come out and I downloaded it, I remember seeing that they had his movies on there, so I was like, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch a couple of these. So, like, I've seen Suspiria, the original one, and I've seen Tenebrae, and I've seen Inferno. I haven't seen The Mother of Tears, which is, like, the... It's the trilogy of mm -hmm. these three movies. Um, but I do think he's got a lot of style. I think it's more style over substance, obviously. I think, it is. Um, I think they are proud B-movies, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, they have some A-movie artistic quality to them, but they are for sure... B movies, it's Camp City, yeah. and I do think that Luca Guadagnino kind of took it upon himself to like, well, I'm gonna try to elevate this into heady a a movie territory, you know, where I'm gonna really try to make you think about what just mm -hmm. happened. And I don't know if the original one is really interested in the deepness of what's going on, it's, no. or, or even explaining it really. I you don't know? think so. It's more of just that haunted house, but cranked up like aesthetically and visually like i would describe the first one as a kaleidoscope you know what I mean? and then the new one looks like a picture a, a recolorized picture of world war ii <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good that's a great point <laughs> um i don't know i i don't mind the color palette of the new one because the movie like you said wrote it's, it's almost like a, a cousin or like an alternate version of it where it takes place in a in the real world, and the original one takes place in a surreal, yeah, fairy like a fantasy tale, world, a yeah, fucked up fairy tale type world. Mm -hmm. We were also thrown, yeah thrown into like the Berlin Wall stuff like that, and I, I've always pictured that even in the documentaries that you watch at that time, just a very gray type of time. And then with the whole presence of this movie, it just really 
again, which I've repeated a lot in these eight movies, which is, I think, why we put them at the top eight. But their ambiance is so well uh, like manifested in this movie, and the weather plays a good part of it, I think. Yeah, the color mm-hmm. palettes. Ugly movie though. Yeah, no, like, no, it is. It truly is, and not because not because it's an accident. Like that's the look they were going for, mm-hmm. but I'm just not a fan of mud and gray. No, it really just sleet it, and yeah. snow. It feels and, like the dead of winter and like nothing is happy. <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean. But and the first one, it's like when Susie first gets to the uh, what's the school called again? Oh. Tans, Tans, taunt something like that. Anyways, when she first gets there, though, in the original, it's like it's a stormy night, and yep. she's in a cab, and behind her is these flashes of purple, it's and like orange pink and, and purple. Red. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unrealistic. It's like a, uh, you know, when Edgar Wright said he was inspired by making giallos, I feel like the biggest one obviously had to be Suspiria because of the color palette of uh, last night, last night, and so mm-hmm. yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I think so too. I mean, I always remember in the original Suspiria, like the when she's in the taxi, because like that—that's one of the scenes where like, there's so much color. Why is there like? Why is it like? I forget what color. Like red inside the taxi. Like yeah. what kind of? Lighting? Yeah, that's what I was talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this movie also kind of walks that line of like, is this a giallo or is this not? Because I, I see it and I understand, but that term is such a loose term, and so what giallo. I, what giallo actually means is yellow in Italian, right? And it's because back in the day, and I'm talking way back, they used to sell at pharmacies, like, pulp crime novels, and they all had yellow covers. And then that's where the genre came from, is, like, the ins- the love of those novels, right? So that that's another reason I also think that they're all B-movies, is because they're inspired by, like, B-movie books. Like comic you know books, I mean? yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole giallo thing, I feel like Suspiria is less of one than some of the others that he's made. I would think so. Especially supernatural. No, like especially this one, like this, like the, the remake, the 2018 remake, it leans so much more into the actual like witchcraft and like the powers behind the coven rather than, I mean, in the original, like, I mean, I could be wrong. I haven't seen the original in a while, but it doesn't really feel like there's a whole lot of like magic and stuff that happens. It feels like it's more like actual murder and, Stuff like that, so it's it's more serial killer. Yeah, hundred percent. Somebody with a knife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or the furry hand. <laughs> yep. What the fuck yeah. is that? I'll yeah. never forget seeing that the mm-hmm. first time I watched the Spiria, the original. <laughs> um, you guys want to talk about the cast a bit because I do think it's a pretty good. Cast. It is, yeah. Cast. yeah. I mean, Tilda Swinton, she's pulling. She the, she plays everybody. Yeah, she's pulling the Eddie Murphy <laughs> card. Everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Medea is back. Medea and is back. <laughs> she's the white Medea. <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. <laughs> she plays what three characters in yes. this? Yeah, and for a while I thought four. I used to think it was four because the character Mrs. Griffith, the one mm. with the big fucking Coke bottle glasses. You thought that was her too? I used to think that was her for a while. And when the movie had first come out, this was like a big thing for me. I'm like, who was that? Was that also her? Because she plays such a small role in the movie that you have to go to like the very last cast member on IMDb to see that it's actually somebody else. But I had always thought that Mrs. Griffith was also uh, Tilda Swinton. She does kind of look ridiculous. I could see why you would think that. Like a that. little made up. Right? No, yeah, like 100%. Like that is a person. character. Yeah. She, I mean, she looks just like Edna Mode, but yeah, with no, brown straight, hair. <laughs> straight up. The Coke bottle glasses. That's funny. Like Edna Mode. That's too, funny. So. She does but look like that. I don't even think, I might have known, but I don't think I realized till after when we watched the movie that Tilda Swinton played um, the yeah, old man the old in this. Man. That, Spoiler. I think yeah. I told you. Yeah. You, you probably after, did, yeah. Yeah, because I wanted to know if you had noticed it. I didn't. Gus told me after when he fingered it out. I was like, no way. Yeah, no, I, I was blown away. As in, like, I probably knew before I even saw the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yo, check this out. Did you notice? <laughs> <laughs> um, but how do you guys feel about Dakota Dakota Johnson? 
I mean, I've grown very fond of her over time. My introduction to her was obviously Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was most people's. And it wasn't that I had um, disliked her or anything like that, but I just didn't really see why she was, like, such a star or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And for me, this is her turn into everything after this is pretty good. Like, I, lo- I love The Lost Daughter, and I really like... Uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people actually feel about that movie, but I enjoy it. I that enjoy that movie, too. Good. I think it's fun. I think it's a fun time. It's a fun movie. And yeah. she plays, like, a, a more antagonistic role in that movie. Well, yeah. everybody does. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just feel like after Suspiria, she's really made that turn into being in a lot better movies and hanging out with Blue Ivy yeah. at Disneyland. No, for, <laughs> no I, I think she did a really good job. And like, she's living uh, her best life now. <laughs> no, because her character in this movie, like, there, she really does start from nothing and turns into basically everything by the end of this movie. And I think that she... She, she did. She did a very good job. So. I think she's the second best actress in this whole movie, uh, behind Tilda Swinton. Yeah, I mean that's not like a. I don't feel like we're saying anything crazy here. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. It's like obviously, even Dakota Johnson would probably say that. Um, the rest of the cast, other than Mia Goth, which shout out Mia Goth, our uh, queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna front. I'm not really familiar with any of these people because I'm I mean, sure most of them are European actors. No, Chloe Grace, Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh, that's true. But other than that, I'm not. I'm not familiar with anybody. I always really. forget that Hit Girl's in this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the only other girl that I do know, though. Yeah, um, but Mia Goth, the more I've watched this movie, I didn't. I feel like the first couple times I've seen it, it never really hit me how important she was to the movie. And then now that I am into Mia Goth, I feel like I was like, holy shit, I didn't realize that she was basically the third star of this movie. Yeah, she's like, very integral. The first integral. time I saw this, I didn't even know who she was. It was just... Some lady in a movie. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel like she's a standout actor, and she picks some incredible roles. She does, and I think every time I do watch this movie, like I'm, I pick up on something more because this movie is really shrouded in a lot of Layers. mystery and misdirection in some parts. So, no, I, I, th- I do think she does a really good job. Um, one person I'd like to point out because I find them truly terrifying. Her name is, uh, I'm sure it's. I don't even know if it's Angela or if because she's European, it's Angela, but <laughs> Angela Winkler, she plays Miss Tanner. Mm. Um, I think she's my favorite of the witches other than Tilda Swinton, but she's just so unsettling and she's got that evil laugh where like when they're playing with the, they're playing yeah. tricks on the police officers yep. and stuff like that. Like to me, she's the most witch of all of them where if you, if you saw, if I saw that lady walking down the street and she gave me a dirty look, I bet she probably just cursed me. Yeah, I don't like she's that. She's also the one that uh, Mia Goth's character is like terrorized by like oh i think i saw her and then it, oh it's not her but yeah. she is like she has that like uh, um feeling but they all give wonderful performances yeah. i mean i feel like the the uh what am i trying to say here like it was equally sh- the loot was equally shared i think like so pirates, too you know what i mean yeah <laughs> and i think like because this movie is as long as it is at like two and a half hours like it does give a lot of people a chance to you know shine how do you guys feel about the two and a half hour runtime? Um, like it's it's long, kind of long. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit before we started, but I there are some things that I think they probably could have cut. I think I know we talked about it like a little confusion with the importance of the old man and how integral that really is to the story. I can't wait for this episode to come out so people can tell us. Oh, you what need we to missed. shut the fuck you know up! That's I mean? the whole point of the movie. Yeah, like, no, finally, yeah. someone explained it to me. Yeah, like <laughs> I just need an explanation. But, no, because, I mean, he really does take up, like, like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes of the movie. Like, the last 15 minutes after the big finale is him. You know that. Yeah. So, it's... Um, um, that ending has always bugged me. 
I feel like that's it what you're saying. With the climax, it, I, I think so need, too. I don't need that. Yeah, but it's whatever. And may, maybe that's just because I mean, maybe there are people that you know that old man does really mean or symbolize something deeper than what we're seeing, maybe, and that really does bring everything home and like ties a nice bow on it. It doesn't do that for me, and it doesn't like seem like it really does that for any of us. But you know, if I did have to figure out what it means, I guess his whole established character at the end when we see Susie, kind of like is sorry for how they treated him and like you kind of get to see that his life isn't very fair and i guess it's just kind of sit there for you to know that like there's a difference between the witches they were running this and Susie, where the direction she wants to take them and the same way that she kind of like lets she's um, an empowering girl boss now. she lets she's um, the wrongs yeah like mia goth's character and the other girls who were wrongly killed she also lets them die in peace yeah. and so i think in in a way i'm just I, this just came up right now i haven't put too much thought to it but I, maybe that's why i agree that there's too much time invested into it but i think that's why the character is that there. makes sense no i mean i i, I do see that i can see that yeah i mean for me maybe i'm just not good at watching this movie but it never hits me at all i always just feel like this is something that's just dragging the movie along and i used to think like Oh, maybe he's just the outside perspective. Like he's meant to be us in the movie, but then the fact that it's got the pro- the prologue is about him. Yeah, that just never really sat right with me. And I don't know about you guys, but when you guys read books, are you big into the prologue, or do you just like, nope, the book is done? No, I mean, I, I yeah. always read the prologue, but sometimes they fall flat. So I mean, they, I feel like that's just the nature of them, yeah. right? And like, then they were they happy. Really? It's yeah. like, all right. I, I remember like when like uh, the end of the Hunger Games is like, and then Katniss goes to wherever, and her and Peeta have five babies, and they're happier ever after. And I'm like. I I could have thought of that in my own yeah, head. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, oh, wow, big, big crazy surprise. They were happy at the end, or mm-hmm. they were sad at the end. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like the runtime kind of drags ass for a bit. It does. Um, I do. What I will say, though, is, like, they do sprinkle in a lot of nice, you know, great scenes that really do keep you invested. Like, yeah. there are times in the movie sometimes where I feel like it's dragging, and then something will happen. And it's like, okay. Like, they do, they do reward the audience for... For sitting through it, I feel it's like. It's a lot of baiting in the in the beginning, mm-hmm. though, you know what I mean? Where, like, she might have, uh, Susie might be having this, like, crazy vision that the witches are giving her, and then it'll just instantly cut to something that's, like, she snaps back into reality, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's okay, I'm in dance class or whatever. But I just, I mean, I'm not a huge Luca Guadagnino guy, and I don't even know if this is the first horror movie he's made. So maybe this is just him experimenting with the genre, you know, because mm-hmm. he's not as seasoned as someone else might be who is making the movie. But overall, I mean, I think he does a fantastic job, especially when you're trying to adapt something like this, which is already like a stone cold classic to movie heads. I mean, I guess bold is a good word to use. Ambitious for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to know why he felt that he needed to remake this movie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I usually lean more towards the, like you should remake something that's bad. And then you have, you can have the definitive version of it, but this is one where it really is just so different, right? They do feel like two separate movies. Totally different, yeah. Like, you, you could watch them back-to-back and not be bored, honestly. Like, you know what I mean? This version's like the omnibus. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like, that was the book, and then this is all the lore and the info that I needed. Exactly. <laughs> it is. Which, I, I don't understand why he thought that that needed to be done, but it's a great movie, so I'm not really too mad at it, but it's just one of my gripes overall because i was when i was doing some research i was reading that apparently he's friends with argento um and like i don't know if that has anything to do with it but i also was reading that argento wasn't really um brought in to do a whole lot of like 
development with the story or anything like that. They George Lucas him? Basically. Yeah. And I, I know that kind of like rubbed him the wrong way, I think. Um, but then it seemed like after the movie came out, he kind of gave this stamp of approval. It was like, all right, that's tight. You know yeah. what I mean? So. You, you, I mean, you kind of have to, right? Yeah, the no, movies, it's a, it's a great film. Good. Like, yeah. it is a great film. I guess in a way, though, if, if you were trying to, you don't know his way of direction, but if it's like, I don't want to make it anything like yours, so I'm not going to hear what you have to say up until I make my version. If you don't like it, all right, then I yeah. guess I didn't do a good job, but he kind of was banked off more of uh, maybe, like, I'm trying to make my own, or like an homage to you in my own way, not really. Because one of the, like, one of the direct quotes I remember reading that Argento said was something along the lines of... Uh, like, what's the point of doing a remake if you're just going to copy the same thing? Like, there's no point in doing that. So I think maybe going into it, he was more, you know, under the impression that he was just going to make a yeah, complete copy. copycat like yeah. most people do. But I think probably seeing after him do his own thing, he, he fucked with it like we do. So so other than this movie, and I'm not going to answer because I already, I, my answer is no. But I wanted to ask you guys, do you have any other movies that are remade where you think that the remake is better than the original? Honestly, like I was, I was thinking about that when I was taking my notes for this, and I don't think that there is a better remake of a movie than this. This, at least I can think of off the top of my head, yeah. like this really is to me like probably the best remake or like reorganization of a movie that I've ever seen. Because um, I like, I do like this more than Argento's version of the movie. So I feel like maybe we would say Nightmare Alley, but I don't think either of any of us have seen. I haven't even seen right? that, and like that's so. I feel like that's even so different because that's what the '30s or whatever '40s. So yeah, no. And it's it's hard to say when I've never seen the original. Yeah, right. Like I might be wanting something completely different. Um, well, the, the Megan Jaws. I'm just kidding. The Megan Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no, though. I, I can't really think of too many movies that are like this. Like, I know of movies that are shot-for-shot shot remakes. Mm -hmm. Like, um, we talked about the Thing prequel that came out in 2011, which, from the looks of the trailer, looks exactly like the... It's, like very, it's very similar, yeah. Or maybe in that situation, it was like, you can't really remake this movie any other way because the situation would it's be exactly the same, the same yeah. for any group of people. But I know about uh, the Psycho remake with Vince Vaughn that's like a shot-for-shot shot remake, and people hate that movie. I have seen that, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of that one. Yeah, bro, do you have or know any movies where maybe the remake is... More your speed versus the original? I'm trying to think, and it's off my head, no. Like, I, I, this whole time that you guys were talking about it, just kind of thinking about it, I can't think of one that's, like, a that's just obviously so much better like this is. Not obviously, I shouldn't say it like that, but is um, that I do like more than the original one. Yeah, or if it was, it would maybe even be something that you didn't know was a remake, Yeah, right? that's what, yeah, like, exactly. Oh, shit, that's a remake? Because, yeah. like, I'm thinking, like, um, like, one of the ones... Can't even remember the title anymore. Never mind. Just slipped out of it. Type of movie? What type of movie? It was just like a sci-fi movie that I've seen that's been remade like three times. And it's um Yeah, see, like, I don't know why I can I can't remember the name of it. It just slipped out of my head. Well, but if it's you like, if you remember, just interrupt because I would like to know. Yeah, because then like it's like the like people say the original one is even better, but it's like I've only like I liked both of them equally. So it's like, but that's as close as it gets, like where I can see like I may I may like one better, but it's not saying okay. I did think of one, the Top Gun. I just saw Top Gun last week, and people say that this new one is better than the, like, and I could see that personally, but me, like, I like them both equally the same. So I always find myself, like, oh, kind of like how even with these two, like, I do like this one, like, the new, the remake more than the original, but it's, um, this is as far as it gets, like, where I'm like, but I still, like, if I had to rate them, like, this is a four and a half, but the original Spear is, like, a four. 
Okay, yeah. The Force Awakens or the original Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's I mean, honestly like, the closest thing. Yeah. I can think like, I'm of, thinking right? like Batman. Like you know, like I guess, but like, but but even then, like I like the Dark Knight as much as I like the new one. But both of them are remakes of Michael Keaton's. And then which are remakes of Adam West? Like that's just too deep. Like yeah, yeah it's like yeah. so. I mean, even your, top, even your Top Gun comparison. Like that's it's like, just, Top Gun it, is a sequel. It's just still, yeah. So it's like. I get exactly. what you mean, yeah, but seriously. even then, it's like That's when the, you're, yeah, when you're reaching your hardest for answers, the closest you can come to is a sequel yeah. because I just feel like it just doesn't work, right? No. Another one I can think of is Evil Dead, right? No. Have you seen Evil Dead? I have, yeah. I've seen Evil Dead. What's the deal there? Is it pretty much a shot-for-shot shot remake? It's very... I mean, it's pretty It's pretty damn close. Yeah, it's the same. It's basically the same movie. Interesting. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I'd really have to look into it, honestly. Like, this would derail the pod. I'd be like on I, yeah, exactly. movies that are remade that I've seen both of. Um. But I do think that's interesting, though, that you it, it's movies, unlike plays, are not something that you can just put a new cast and, you know, maybe change the setting just a tiny bit or anything. And like recycle. That. Yeah, that's one of the huge differences between the stage and film is that you could uh, be doing <laughs> wicked for 100 years, you know what I mean? Or The Lion King. It's and a, it, it, it wouldn't affect you the same way it does if they just oh the Lion King movie there you go there's another example of yeah. like the remake sucks compared to the original shot for shot yep anyways go ahead Ro. it was uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers that's been made three times right there's and like a like, 40s or 60s one mm-hmm. there's an 80s one and, and I think then there's, there's a like newer a newer one. one so it's like I like the middle one more than the original one but the original one is like when I did see it it's like oh this is really good too you know and then at that point it becomes like it's so different in era it's kind of like what happens here that like. Ah, uh, it's you can compare them just because like Suspiria, you only compare them because they have the same name and yes, the story is the same, but they're so different. And like the same way there, it's like well, a forties movie and a sixty eight movie, it's way it's just gonna be way different, you know? Yeah. Um the other the only other thing that pops into my head now that we're on the subject and we've been reaching so hard for these examples is yeah. uh when we talked about the Wolfman movies. Yeah. Like the original one with Lon Chaney from the thirties or forties or whatever is basically the Benicio del Toro one, except for the CGI climactic mess of two werewolves fighting each other, <laughs> but <laughs> which is rad. <laughs> Shout out to Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I feel like those movies too, it's like, yeah, okay, the effects are obviously cooler. Oh, in I the, know one. In the new one, but the mood, the atmosphere, even the, no disrespect to Benicio del, del Toro, but I don't know if maybe in the in the history of film, if people are like, yo, obviously Lon Chaney is 10 times better yeah. than Benicio Del Toro. You know what I mean? Like, it, th- those are too far apart Has for a discussion me to, been had? Yeah. yeah, you know? I did get the big ball, bing, dune. Mm. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And even then, though, those are more similar to the Suspiria situation than the, the Psychos. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where dune, uh, Lynch's and Villeneuve's are... Not too far apart, if you really think about they're it. They're not, but I think what... So just going off of what you're saying is like Lynch's Dune is the original Suspiria where it's all about mm-hmm. the style and the yeah, aesthetic yeah. and the look and it's not as concerned with the deeper meaning of the spice. Like yeah, the right, one, yeah. You know? but or that's the, the geopolitics that's of the like planet. Equal. The, this new Suspiria with that and the new the old Dune with the new Dune are like the two movies that I'm like the remake is is so much no, yeah. it's better. It's better. Well, hey, if you, you make that. movies and you're listening to this Here's some advice from us. Don't remake it exactly. You have to do something different enough. You have to be original. Also, Robert Eggers hopped back on Nosferatu, so we can make it three. Did he really? Well, he said he... No, he didn't hop off. I'm just saying he said he's not going to do it next. Oh, I thought he said he he hopped back on. he said hop on. Uh, Yeah, hop back on and do it. Yeah. Oh, damn. I was like, you hop back on. I got so excited. God damn it. Because I was like one of them, uh, like... um, 
I've seen bits of Nosferatu. Gus saw it for the breakdown. Like it's just so old. Like yeah, just remake it, please. Like it, it'll be better if it's remade. <laughs> like you know, I did not like that movie. I don't understand. <laughs> like when I was looking into, uh, when I was just doing research overall, and they were like, uh, Ebert had said that Nosferatu is a horror masterpiece. I'm like. There's none of me and you. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? This is where we are different. <laughs> this is why we are different. Oh, There's none man. of you and me. Like <laughs> so funny. Oh, but yeah, man. Dune. I mean, we got derailed, but Dune is the only one. So it's, it's a right. good point. It's okay to get derailed sometimes. It it's is. It's a good point that you made, though, that there is uh, not very many movies where the newer version is like, you're like, oh, well, thanks for doing that. Yeah, yeah right. It's more of a disservice for the most part. Yeah. You're like, you're driving me closer and closer to the original. And maybe people are always going to be like that. But I don't know, man. I just think that he really hit one here where he saw enough source material where, like, this is good enough Mm -hmm. where this stuff hits. But what do I do to just, you know, it's cinema. You know what I mean? (laughs) What about for you? Like, uh, Hills Have Eyes. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, I do. It's mostly horror. It is. Yeah, I do think the Hills Have Eyes. But even that, like, oh, no, there there are some pretty drastic changes in that. Um, I th- I do think the newer Hills of Ice is significantly better okay. than the original. Um, it's been a couple years when they remake Iron Man. No, that, like, that's <laughs> a good point, honestly. True. No, Hills of Ice, yeah. Oh, Spider-Man. Because that does take a totally different... <laughs> yeah, see, those aren't remakes. But I could see yeah, yeah, I could yeah, see yeah. Marvel straight up being like, yo, you remember the original Iron Man? We're remaking that. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That'll be, that'll be the day, Pilgrim. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, um, You know, just staying on this subject a little more, I think the reason horror does this and maybe comic books as well, or like the comic book movie constantly remakes itself. It's just the nature of the stories. It's kind of like, I I mean, I don't believe this, but I've heard this before many times that I think the reason people are so obsessed with comic books and comic book movies and stuff is because that's like the closest we have to like modern day mythology, right? (laughs) Like, oh, wow, these people with these extraordinary powers and doing these crazy feats. And um, I feel like with horror, that's the closest you can get to like, those scary fairy tales of yeah. like where they always will adapt or every culture has a boogeyman. Every every hundred years, there's a new version. The Brothers Grimm, all that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, I kind of think that's why comics and horror can toe that line of constantly being remade more than, I don't know, some, yeah. some drama. No, it's true. And like, when are they going to remake my big fat Greek wedding again? No, but you know like, yeah, I mean? no, like that's the thing is I think that horror movies and like that we're talking about it, they're almost more like, um, generic ideas rather than like a fully flushed out like drama where like this happens because this and then this and then this you know what I mean so horror like you can almost capitalize on like the general idea of the movie but then spin it in your own way so I just think that horror allows you to do that a little bit more even like you could do that with sci-fi too but not so much like dramas and maybe actions I guess but yeah um you guys want to start talking about the movie yeah a little yeah more in detail yeah let's talk about it um do you have a synopsis? I do have a little synopsis. Um, all right. Young American dancer Susie Banyan arrives in the 1970s Berlin to audition for the world-renowned Helena Marcos Dance Co. When she vaults to the role of lead dancer, the woman re- the woman she replaces breaks down and accuses the company's female directors of witchcraft. What the? <laughs> Meanwhile, an inquisitive psychotherapist and a member of the troupe uncover the dark and sinister secrets as they probe the depths of the studio's hidden underground chambers. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, we got witches in this bitch. <laughs> you know, on this, on this, this would be like the fourth time that I saw it. I paid more attention to in the beginning when, um, what's, uh, what's the girl's name who goes missing? 
Chloe Grace Moretz's character? That's Patricia. Patricia, Patricia yeah. Patricia. In the beginning, yeah. When she, how much she's actually kind of laying out what's going mm-hmm. on already for you. And then in the beginning, like the first other two times that I watched it, I was just so more... Um, well, the second time that I watched it, I knew what was happening, so I was trying to catch stuff, but I didn't really pay too much attention to that beginning scene. And then this time that I was watching and preparing for the pod, I was like, damn, she really is like letting... I think maybe that's why he has such a big role he's the only person that actually kind of knows what's going on because he has the diary of patricia you know okay so we had talked about this with uh malignant which was the idea of a giallo character who shouldn't be involved in the world but somehow gets wrapped up into yeah. it and i now that now that you've said that rose i guess that's kind of one of the one of the reasons i could see why he's important to this movie because like you said, he everything is laid out more openly in the beginning of this movie versus the original. It's more of that Alex Garland school of thought is like, I want you to leave not understanding anything and yeah. asking a bunch of questions. You're her. You know, or it's movie. up to you yeah. to decide. But with this one, uh, Patricia's diary, you can see how deep into this shit she is. Like, she's like taking notes and yeah. sketching of the illusions that the witches exactly. do. You know what I mean? Like she, I think at this, in this movie, she is uh, a lot more aware of what's happening to her. And in the first one, it isn't really about her at all. No, exactly. And I, cause I actually, it was really funny is um, I started the movie. And the reason why is I've had to, do- I've had that movie downloaded on my legally, laptop. Legally. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that movie downloaded on my laptop for since we watched it. Yeah. And so I just clicked on it and played it. But for a second, I couldn't remember. And I rewatched it with you, but I couldn't remember that part. So I thought I was watching the wrong movie. And then so I went on Amazon. I was like, oh, I know it's, it's you know. And I clicked it again. And I was like, no, it does start like this with her kind of laying everything out. And I was like, how did I miss this in the beginning? Like, because she's looking at the, well, later we get more inside of it. But she's looking at the diary. And like you said, there's even like the names of all three of the witches already there and there's already like the, the writing hierarchy. I, yeah. I paused it this time on Amazon to read like the diary stuff and she kind of talking about my body feels heavy and like there's so many things in there and I was like damn I completely just have missed this for the past two times much like the case files in the beginning of Malignant no exactly that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of I think it's funny that you say that because I showed my girlfriend this movie like a month or a month and a half ago and how romantic right i know right <laughs> titan titan suspiria like what you want Bulls. but anyways um when it first started i was like what the fuck is this i really did not remember right? that scene at all and i like i literally like paused it and made sure it was suspiria and i was like i don't remember this at all and then like her explaining everything i was like damn why does it why does it it was weird but doesn't it i remember that it was like it started with Susie. Like that's what I thought. Like, um, no, because that's how the original started. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's like, uh, I just got so, I don't remember. And I saw it recently. That hasn't happened to me ever where I was like, is this the right movie? And then it hit me like, oh, no, it is. And then, what? Because I thought at first it's like, is this like a mini series they did after that I didn't find <laughs> out? But it's still like Tilda Swinton. Because I was like, I don't remember this. And then, oh, shit. And he's like, wow. Is this the Batman HBO Max show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Movie. No, um, what I will say, though, about that is I feel like that's really the only scene in the movie that's a huge exposition dump, mm-hmm. right? But it's done more cleverly, I guess, yeah. by um, still having it be where if you don't pay attention, you are totally going to miss the whole thing. You're going to miss it the first time you and see it. And I feel it. like, yeah, maybe you that's are. why. Like, the first time we watched it, you know, sometimes we're rowdy boys and it takes us a couple minutes to settle into a Simmer down, simmer down. Like, yeah. okay, okay, stop talking, stop talking. <laughs> yeah. We started. I've definitely and become a better movie watcher. It's so watching. much, you know what I mean? It really is because it just, 
it, it takes that step of like, I'm just going to lay this out now, kind of give you an idea of the situation, and then I'm going to... I'm going to uh, hang on to the mystery side of this for the rest of the mm-hmm. movie until the prologue, which is also kind of a dump as well. Yeah, it is. But I, I did want to say, I think one of the reasons this movie drags a bit is because of, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just a person who doesn't really enjoy this. Once I know that the the parts are going to come, I'm just kind of counting them down at that point where I'm like, shit, how many parts are left? And then when it's a six and a prologue, I think that kind of, for me at least, puts me in the mood of like, all right, I'm going to be here for a, a mm. long time. <laughs> I will say to somebody, one of the complaints that I saw from someone was that they don't really see why this is split up into six chapters. They're like, the themes of all six of them seems to be artistic. pretty. Yeah, and like that was yeah. her complaint that like, oh, because you're just trying to make it look like it's a book, so it's better. Mm-hmm. But they're like, but there's no differentiating themes or like tones in any of the six chapters they're all just the same movie right? they are very they're, similar yeah. you see that like okay yeah I guess. yeah it's like one of those things like they could have not done that and done that i don't think that really deteriorates me from being like if it's <laughs> hey, better or worse since we covered malignant i think we've covered it hey if it's cool enough i don't care if it's there for no reason. <laughs> like you know what i mean <laughs> i can understand why things just need to be cool sometimes mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and i feel like maybe that is one of those instances um I don't. This movie's too much for us to try no. to break down. I wanted to. I wanted to ask you guys, like, what are like, what are your favorite parts of this movie? Oh, I, have, uh, I will um, say. Go ahead first, row. I will say that for definitive, my favorite thing about this this movie is that it seems like the camera has a life of its own, mm-hmm. and so there's so many cool scenes and pans and just like um. They the they end up yeah the cinematography but then specifically like the way that they do that like um they're talking about the hands and they're just super focused on the hand and they're not even fully in frame it's like half of a hand or something like that and I guess I just really that's where I felt it was the inspo from the original one that's Suspiria where it's kind of like you're just doing stuff for it to be artistic but it's working here because the setting like you know we're in we're in like in one of those ballet rooms where it's all glass and it just pulls out it would just work so well because you think you're looking at them and she pulls out and like oh you were looking at the reflection of the person and the, i don't know it just works really Mirror well for shots me are just movie. cool yeah like, <laughs> but it's as simple as that it does just seem <laughs> yeah. like the camera there'd be spots like where it was suddenly on someone and then it would just left pan at someone and intense zoom and it's almost like the camera was letting you know be like look Susie is shocked but it like physically took you there and so it, it feels like a person watching mm-hmm. but not not a character exactly um what movie was it was it men where we were talking about um no 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 oh sorry to bring up malignant again but when we were talking about when she would uh melt away into the other reality Mm -hmm. like the first time you see her but then the times after that she's the camera exactly you know what i mean and i felt the same way about this one except it's not Susie. It could just be like a random dancer, mm-hmm. almost like a fly on the wall. Yeah, like yeah. really, that's, that's what it like feels that like. one. That one legitimately feels like a fly on the wall because sometimes you're like the cues that it zooms on. You're like, it didn't necessarily need to. Why is the hands important when you could zoom out and you could show the whole character, but it's just the hand? Yeah. And so I was gonna say because this is a remake of an old movie, and they're both technically like art house films. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just think that the whole idea of doing stuff because it's cool, like that is seminal to what these artistic 70s, 80s movies were. It was breaking the norm and doing things you weren't supposed to do. And it wasn't because it worked. It was because it was cool. And then it works now because a whole generation of people saw that and now they're making movies and they're like, I'm going to do that because it's cool. I don't give a fuck if it makes sense for the movie. It's like you're saying, in a perfectly painted picture, why would the hands be out of frame at all? You know what I mean? Yeah. When you can control the situation, why would you, why would you make it seem like you're out of control? Exactly. And it's because it's tight. It's sick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in, like, in this such a... 
in this type of story and in horror, I think it works because it's disorienting, which is like you're adding to the scare, which mm-hmm. I think is when you're, when you're scared, you're disoriented. You don't know, like nothing is clear. And so that's the same way. Be like the whole eeriness to this movie comes from the camera also being like, let me just show you weird shit. No, like, let me move yeah. weirdly. So yeah. you're like, what's it's going like it's, on? It's being different for the sake of being different, which could be cringe sometimes. But that to me is like the basis of what makes art cool. It's yeah. different than, like, let me draw a perfect square. I mean, there was, this is kind of a weird, weird time to bring up this story, but a long time ago, me and Gus went to a museum, and I remember remember there was, like, a pair of pants on a white, yeah. like, a thing, and we were just like, how the fuck is that art? But it's kind of, like, the same thing. It's because it made me question why the fuck is this art, or in terms, like, um, this is just stupid. But in a way, that's that's someone's way of being experimental. Be like, how did that make you feel that it was stupid, you know? And then the whole B-movie role is that. Like, mm-hmm. let me just do something with this camera. And how does that make you feel? And, like, it works for some people. It doesn't work for some people. And, like, what I think is interesting that you brought it up. Like, James Wan saw those same movies that um, the director of this saw. And was like, I took that the camera being disorienting or um, the long hallways or whatever. That's what he took from it. And I'm going to remake that in mind. But he, him here was like, oh, I saw the themes that Dario Argento didn't really touch upon. I want to touch on that. And yeah, then kind exactly. of back burner the visual stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's kind of interesting that those bad movies, quote unquote, if somebody sees them, you could draw the good from it, but you draw different good from it. And there's just certain things that haven't been redone from those B movies because they did just suck. Like they experimented. Let's let's shoot underwater with something, and I'm sure it looked like shit. So then nobody <laughs> nobody does that. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I get you on that. James Cameron was like, "Wait till I come along, buddy. I'm yeah, going to yeah, show you yeah, how you're exactly. supposed to shoot underwater. Exactly. I'm going to invent new stuff to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, that, so it is interesting to me to see that like um, Give me Avatar too. <laughs> this director <laughs> took different stuff that you from those B movies and i at the time which i think is the reason they do it i at the time hadn't discovered giallos as much so it made me go like oh shit where does this come from mm-hmm. so I was like oh, okay introduce dario hinto and all these other mario bava and stuff yep, like that. exactly you know what i mean there's just so much cool shit to to be taken from um and i wanted to say too just staying on that whole idea of like well stuff is just cool for it to be cool it's like I don't know if you've ever seen fucking Citizen Kane be like, but he invented all types of stuff literally out of the air. Uh, Orson Welles had invented all these different techniques with his cameraman out of the idea of just being arrogant of like, well, the camera should be able to do what I can do with my eye and we're going to figure out how to do it. And I think a lot of the reason why we might not see stuff as interesting as this, even though I think in this movie, it does become a little excessive at one point, like the editing. But I think you have to be arrogant enough to fucking try something new that you don't know if it's going to work or not. And another big thing that Orson Welles said is like, you have to have a camera person or a crew who was willing to fail alongside you. You could work with someone who's going to be like, that just doesn't work. And I'm not doing I don't, it. I'm, I'm, I'm only like, but we should at least find out if we can. Yeah. And for better or worse, it's still an experiment that's going to add to the history of filmmaking Correct. later on, you know? And I think that's why so many of these bad quote unquote bad movies have so much influential stuff is because they were trying things that didn't work. Exactly. And then someone's going to come along later who can make that. I know work. how to make this work. And then like we were talking about James Wan and Luca Guadagnino, it's like James Wan might not f- have mastered that thing, but I feel like he's, um, he's got, it's like Kobe, it's like Kobe and Michael Jordan where it's like, I'm just going to do exactly what I saw because I like that instead of like, let me try to change the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know where Luca Guadagnino just came up with this idea of, like, I'm going to remake Suspiria, one of the great horror movies. But what the fuck, man? I would love it if he stayed in horror a little yeah, more. Yeah, no, right for now real. Right doing a tennis movie with Zendaya. 
But interesting. He also did Call Me by Your Name before this, so which is good. It's a great movie. He is a uh, a master of all trades. I would say this guy is dipping his toes in every single angle of yeah. Genre, I would like. I I really would like to see him do more horror movies because I think that one of the best things about this movie is like is that fear and the anxiety that he creates with all those things that you guys are talking about, and like even just like even the nightmare sequences. Like I really enjoy those. Like they're very unsettling, um, and it just works. Like I don't know. I think he did a really fucking good job with this movie. Your favorite aspect of it? Um, Honestly, I like. It's hard. I like. For me, it's the it's the feeling that I got from being so surprised by the grotesque violence. Honestly, like I it's like I really enjoyed that from this movie. I just never saw it coming, um, and it just it just really surprised me. I did. I guess I was watching you watch it when I first showed you it. <laughs> like you're, one of the, you're yeah. just one of those guys. Huh? Yeah. Like me watching my friend watch the movie that I showed him yesterday too. It's in prep of the episode. I made my brother watch it mm. in the same kind of way. I was like, I'm going to take the TV for this one. I was like, you got to watch this because I'm hijacking. Interestingly the enough, he's like, he wanted to watch evil dead, but he didn't, he didn't have a Amazon hooked up anyways. It's just a long story, but it, it, it didn't work out. So then I was like, oh, do you want to watch a horror movie? Cause I'm about to watch one. And then I was like, I think you should watch this it's pretty damn good. And so I showed him, but then the same, the same thing that I did with you kind of just watch them watch it. And like, but yeah, the part where she st- like starts getting like really bloody or just like, but you two, you're like, like you just did not expect it. No. And then there's the twist at the end. And you were also like, what the fuck? Like yep. once the twist came and I, and that's what I mean is like in terms of, um, I do think it's a slow movie and it like you need patience for it. But once it pays you off, it pays you off equally throughout the whole film. You're like, it's getting a little boring. Boom, now it's here. It's getting mm-hmm. a little boring. Boom, now it's here. Um, yeah. I, that That is like the body horror. Is it like a big the movie part. like gets you, it almost like gets you comfortable being uncomfortable and then it just takes it to the next <laughs> yeah, level and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like I already am like not really chilling right now, but it's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. What, do you know what kind of movie this is? This is the kind of movie that you could be watching it and you hope no one walks by while you're watching it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. Because you're like, um, I can explain myself. It's like a SpongeBob when he takes the house and the <laughs> yeah. guy's wearing the, the little spinner hat and the bicycle. <laughs> I can explain right. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like a mom walks in, the contorting scene. Uh, I can explain this. Yeah. You know? like, you're about to get some Hail Marys tonight and be like, I need to pray for my fucking perverted son watching that garbage. Well, that was even what like. What kind of smut are you watching in there? You know what I mean? They're not dancing. Yeah. <laughs> that was even like when, when we watched it, like my brother had come home like at the very end. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to rewind this because like you just, you he was like, what it. is this? And don't it's worry just, about it. Go upstairs. <laughs> you don't want any he's part like, of this. He's like, these people are exploding. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. I so, didn't see it coming either. We're not going to break it down. And honestly, I had told Nate this before we started recording that this is a movie that I'm still not sure I totally understand on the deeper themes and the like, is it like a women's empowerment type of movie? Is it speaking to the time? You know what I mean? Like, I I don't really understand the movie, honestly. It's something where it's like, I think maybe the older I get and the more rewatches, it'll reveal itself to me. But I truly do love this movie because it's like so cool. You know, that's for me where it falls. I'm like, this is sick. I will will say the more that I've sat here, I put more thought of it after and since last night's rewatch on the old man. I do think, you know how like the Nazis always were kind of in, quote um, symbolic with like evil. They were always into witchcraft type of stuff. It's almost like the old man is scared to really confront this issue the same way that he was too scared to go find his wife. Did you ever think he was a Nazi before this? Before it looks like uh, he kind of looks like one, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's white and he's old. He looks like a Nazi. But, but um. <laughs> 
I think that in that same way, that's why he's so scared to approach this issue. But then he does finally find that, um, I guess, um, courage to address this issue. And he gets taken advantage of. And I think that's why later he gets corrected. But it's there's like the tying into what you're saying, like the times, which is like struggle. Ber- Berlin is half Nazi, half like people that are just n- not down with that. It's set in the 70s. So the Berlin Wall, Wall. is still up. Too, yeah, right? exactly. And um, I think there's that connection with like the Nazis and the witches in terms of like evilness. And um, I. There's there's more to dissect there for it to be more specific. Yeah, see, I can't even get into it. I yeah, don't, like, I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I don't. Basically, like what like every time I watch it, like I kind of toss ideas back and forth, like between like what really is the core point of this movie and like what does this really mean, and like a lot of it I feel like has to do with almost like almost like birthright and like being like like entitlement to like a position of power. That's, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I I have like th- since you brought up the Nazis and since this is a background to this movie like I do think it kind of like, you know, meshes with the witches because it's like it's these people that have taken power from people that were, you know, originally in charge and the people who are now running people. things do they're not like it's not their position to be in and there's always going to be a form of correction. And in terms of this movie it's Susie, you know. Because the reason I agree with that point is they say that these mothers have existed before religion existed and they're there to balance things before out. Before God and the devil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, in a way, just like men, nature will correct itself. And um, these mothers, one of, the, one of the mothers is trying to act like she's supposed to be one, uh, one of the three moms just to find out that she's not. And kind of like you said, the same way Hitler wanted to take that power, it's not yours to take. Yeah. It. And I also love the ideas that it plays with between like how evil these witches that are in power during the beginning of the movie really are and like how shitty they are versus like the true, you know, Mother Suspiriorum and how she is gentle with people who like, you know, um, haven't believe in her yeah. that are that have been through things that they don't deserve and how she even has the the prologue with the old man like you can see like yes she is this who knows like evil being that can summon the fucking devil or whoever that yeah. is yeah. Gabriel yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but like there is like a form of like understanding and it's not pure evil like there is balance yeah, there's there a balance so and that's why there's three moms which is like I mean in, in all honesty the this story and the original one that's all it really got me excited about was like i did want to read into that lore of like what what is these mothers and i know that the original trilogy that argento did does kind of more like there is more movies to explain the three you know and like for this one we only got one Mm -hmm. and i obviously i think that's all we're gonna get but i i do think this story does or this movie does such a good job of wanting me to get interested in the background yeah i mean what you guys are saying about the like the godlike power that she has I do think it with when Susie takes over as like Mother Superiorum that it's kind of doing that whole thing that you see in religion where it's like they can do evil things but they're not they're above good and evil. Mm-hmm. It's just right, exactly. You know, it's like just when you're power, power, yeah. It's like Doctor Manhattan. It's yeah. like I'm kind of past your guys's. Like you don't even problems. understand what's you know, going but, but on here. It's yeah. not good and evil. But like, I'm gonna I'm gonna correct this wrong. You know I'm gonna shut this shit down yeah. because. Um, you so say my name in vain. I want to talk about <laughs> the, the gore scenes or like the, the scares and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I want to talk about the climax. And then, I mean, if you guys really have anything to say after that, but I just want to highlight those yeah. sequences because I do think that that's where this movie uh, has the ability to just pull you in, even if you're not 
fully interested in the headcanon of the movie. I you think know? those are the those parts that we're going to talk about are the reason why it is it was in our horror bracket and the reason they kind of made it so high up because yes, that's, it could be a little slow. I understand, but the parts that where it does become a horror themed movie, I think, are some of the best. Yeah, things. not a whole lot compares to them. Yeah. I do think that stuff is just so good that for me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Themes of all this other crap, cool, whatever, sure, maybe one day I'll get to that. But I'm so caught up in the and everything else about this movie that like that's how good it is to mm-hmm. me that i'm like even if i don't truly understand this it's kind of like not to compare it to 2001 but it's like yeah like 2001 where you could watch it a bunch of times and you're like well i mean yeah there's a lot of stuff there that smarter people than me could tell yeah. you but this movie's fucking tight <laughs> it's cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. monkey life yeah exactly like, sometimes i'm just a monk watching films you know what i mean mm-hmm. where i'm like this is just tight. This just fucking speaks to me in my heart, you know? And it doesn't you see matter. Big baby. <laughs> <laughs> big baby. Me. Good, good movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, God, but King Kong was wielding an axe made of Godzilla spine. Yeah, he's yeah, bro. sick. Fucking, <laughs> fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. <laughs> it doesn't need to make any more sense to me than that. Like, you know? <laughs> Great example. But uh, you guys want to each talk about. There's like three or four really good horror scenes. So, do you guys have one that you want to pick? Like Nate, do you want to talk about one? Sure. Um, I mean, I'm just yeah. I'll I'll pull out the one that probably everybody knows and is which is the contorting mm-hmm. scene. The pretzeling. Yeah, that's uh, that's unlike that's unlike anything I've ever really seen in a movie. Um, that is just it's one of the more brutal, brutal scenes that I've ever seen. Like it really is, and the fact that it goes on for as long as it does. It just makes you so uncomfortable. Like, I mean, for for the people that haven't seen it, like, basically what happens is this girl is being contorted through Susie's magic, dance through dancing. And so these dance moves that Susie is doing are breaking this girl's body apart. And she's being thrown across this room, and her ribs are being dislocated. And, like, it gets so bad that she ends, just ends up looking like a pretzel and <laughs> pisses herself. It's it's a lot, dude. Like Since my wife is as pregnant as someone could possibly be, mm-hmm. when she was watching the uh, person get tossed around, she was like, that's what's happening inside my stomach right <laughs> now. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> it's just so realistic, too. She starts bruising up because she gets contorted, and, like, all her rib cage is very visible. And... Then you see at the end of the scene, they pick her up with hooks, and she's still alive. Well, yeah. I was going to say, the meat hooks, to me, is more disturbing than the actual contortion. Really? Yeah, because, like I've told you guys, I have a, I'm not a fan of knife play. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that oh, still yeah, makes that's me true. pretty squeamish. Yeah. So to see the, just like the, yeah, and that noise and everything. It goes in so easily. Yeah. Like, these are the things that worry me about seeing Crimes of the Future, where I'm like, am I actually going to fucking Ralph in a theater? You're not you know going to be I mean? okay. like, Am I going to blow chunks? Because <laughs> I don't fucking... I'm not a huge fan of knife, knife play, play. You know what I mean? Especially like mean. when you'll see a surgery scene, it's like that perfect incision. It's scalpel. Be like, so for me, the meat hooks is actually worse than the contortioning. I will say just to add on, I think this is a good part to bring this up. Cause I guess I had just general questions or things I wanted to air out with you guys thoughts, but like they, <laughs> Susie comes into this place and kind of at the beginning kind of already wants to challenge uh tilt the Swinton's character. Adam Blanc. It's kind of like, I don't really feel like jumping. I feel like doing this instead. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to say is Tilda Swinton's character goes back and says that, like, we created this dance during the wartime and you can't, like, just, dis- like, it's almost like a disrespect to try to change the dance. But it also made me think in terms of the connection that they have between the Nazis and stuff like that because all of these dances do have, like, the stars that, like, demonic stars type of thing and like the way they're dancing Gus brought this up too it's not really dancing it's more like 
um, kind of like a seance, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of like they're more just, um, it does look like it's a witch, witch's dancing. It does look like at the end of the witch when they're dancing around the fire. It doesn't look like dancing that you would imagine, even for that era. I do really think already at that time, yeah, the 1970s, there was literally like disco dancing and shit like that. But this is like an old regarded art. And then in, the, in that same way, I feel like it's an old witch's spell. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is ancient magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Body movement. I yeah. think that that's, like, what I was saying about the dancing was, like, Nick Cage has this idea of, like, he's invented a style of acting mm-hmm. called, like, nouveau shamanic, right? <laughs> Where it's, like, all this crazy body movement and doing these things. And that's just kind of how I felt about that movie. And it's a... Uh, that's how I felt when I watched the subway scene in Possession. You know what it I mean? Like Where I'm like, answer. okay, this is just like, can I just do the freakiest, weirdest thing you've ever seen? And we're going for complete shock factor here. And uh, the dancing and the like, the dancing being magic, I, I think I understand that because that's just something that's been around for so long. Yeah. Like we see that in the Northmen. Yep. We see that. In, what did you just mention? What did you just bring up? Men. No, not men. It was another the witch. movie with dancing. The, oh, the witch. Yeah, like yeah. the ending of the witch, right? It's just always been connected, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, fuck, even movies like Footloose, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you can't dance because that's like the devil's work. No, yeah. yeah. Like, I've always wondered why this natural thing of moving your body would be considered like mystical or yeah, I don't I don't know, bringing like, you closer to the earth, I guess. I think it, yeah, I think it does have something to do with like the movement and like the energy in your body and then the movement of the, you know the energy around you in nature or whatever. Like, I think it probably plays into that a little bit. Those are the things that you were talking about that like, I've watched, I've watched this four times and it took me till last night to start thinking about like, Oh, reading the diary and her having Patricia having their like, she stands here, she stands here, she stands here. So like, so the dances are all people standing in certain positions. And then when she lets Susie be like, you're going to take the lead and you're just going to feel what feels is because he, she's getting that energy from what they think is the mother. And they'd be like, well, I want you to play off of that. I want you to riff off of that. Of all witch movies I've seen, I feel like this one has the strongest coven. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, because these dancers don't know that they're doing this. Well, that's also never really addressed. Yeah. You that don't know who's it, in who, on it. Exactly. Not, right? Exactly. But whether these girls know that they're part of it or not, it can't be done. Like, this is the ultimate, like, there's no I in team. We need the full team yeah. to do this curse. <laughs> you the, know the I mean? only has got to play their part. I don't know if you've seen it, but the only thing, I it always reminds me when I watch this movie, but have you ever seen American Horror Story, The Coven Season? Mm-hmm. It really reminds me of this in a way, just, you know, just because The Coven of Witches, but. <laughs> you know, ladies. You know, ladies, <laughs> witches. <laughs> I guess. Hand in hand. <laughs> Going. But, but, it, but it is, like, in that, like, you, they do need, like, the full strength of the coven for, you know, to be able to do their magic and all this stuff, so. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, Go I was gonna say just one of the other the gore scene I wanted to bring up that I really liked. I think is probably the other, which is why it started with this was um, when Mia Goth's character gets her, sh- her shin broken. Okay, good. Jesus, Christ. we're going yeah. in order because that's kind of what I wanted yeah. to do. I was like, we'll build to that final one. Um, yeah, I, you know what I did find interesting about that is that she they don't do a dance with her where her body contortions like it, they, it's a different dance and it's kind of like I guess in a way driving her insane. But then, yeah, seeing her leg go into a hole that's this just happens to be there. Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. it's like a Looney Tunes hole. Her, her foot goes there. And I feel like, and honestly, Ugh. it just works so well because it's something that I feel could happen to anybody. Like, you take a wrong step, and that's like your worst nightmare that it's all of a sudden going to just break from your, your um She got Anthony your shin. Davis, dude. You, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, know what it, you know what it reminds me of? Gordon is, Hayward's? It, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> in X when homie steps on the, n- yeah. the nail. Because, like, that could it's happen. That's thing. fucking horrifying. It's the same thing of, yeah. like, I could do that, like, 
um, in any way I could just step get up curb. wrong. And then, ah, yeah. fucking, it's like your, your bone sticking out. Jesus. But then the fact that they, the seance, they come and pick her up, and then she's out there dancing, and then you see that they kind of, like, fix over the wound. It's like, holy shit. That's some of the heavy-handed magic stuff where some of it is, like, I'm going to wave my hand over you and you're fixed. And that's just uh that's what Reagan would call a vulgar display of yes. power. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what Reagan would call a vulgar. I'm not going to do that. Come on. But, and then she starts dancing again, um, which I do think they needed her up there to summon whatever it is that they needed to summon, which is the only reason why they put her back up there. Um I wanted to talk about that scene as well because in the original also, it, this is leaning into the, just like the batshit lunacy of like this doesn't make any sense, but it just looks cool. In the original, I I believe it's Sarah, and I wish I had watched the original leading up to this too so I could compare them, like the actual scenes. But when she finds uh, Patricia and she knows that she's been inside the house the whole time and the room is just covered in all these like wires. Mm-hmm. In the original, she falls into like a closet of barbed wire. Oh, that's kind of, <laughs> you know what I that's mean? That's kind of crazy. But both of those things are just there to be cool. Like they have nothing to do yeah. with the plot. Or like, why would they have a room full of barbed wire or a room full of these Holes. wires? You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's just cool. So it is cool. I'm not complaining, but <laughs> I always thought that that was just, just I, there to be cool. I was going to say, even that reveal that Patricia is down there is kind of disgusting too. Right, so she looks right. like a zombie. Yeah. yeah. She looks bad. All right. Final scene? Yeah, talk yeah. about... Does anybody want to try to explain the the actual story of the reveal that oh, Susie is Mother Suspiriorum? I, I, I will say that um, it seems... This is where the nature ties into me. It seems like the Earth finds a way to reborn Mother Suspiriorum. And there's that tie with her mom that she's, like, dying this whole time. And um, she says openly that the sin that she's leaving in this world is her daughter. So it's almost like... The mom is known from a get-go that there's something off with mm-hmm. her daughter. And um, it's just destiny, it seems like, that she's... I guess, in a way, is she a reborn of her, or is she Mother Suspiriorum? Okay, so right? what I've always thought is that how Tilda Swinton in the, the disgusting meat suit, right? With the little fucking hand hanging no. off the... Mother Marcos! Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yuck. Um, that she she's obviously pretending to be Mother yeah. Suspiriorum, right? Exactly. So then that must mean that like with your whole thing about rebirth, that there was no mother superiorum all this time, right? Like much like Gabriel, I'm like lying dormant, you know, mm-hmm. waiting for the right person to come, and it just never really. I don't know. Like I just, I need someone smarter than me to explain it. You know? Yeah. The what? Because what I've taken away? Childhood, yeah. No. A hundred percent. Yes. She was gonna yes. be mother so. So this wow, is wow. this Why is what, pick a random girl in Ohio. This is what I take from it. I don't think it has to do any like. It could have been anybody. Like it could have been yeah. anybody. For whatever reason, it was her. It was the, it was a baby that her mother had, um, and I've read a couple of theories about it. And some people have gone pretty deep with the shit, and saying that in when they're doing that ritual at the end, because like obviously like it's a demon, it's a god. It doesn't like see time in the same way as people do. Like in doing that, that put like Mother Superiorum in Susie as a baby. So like totally like almost like going back in time or like whatever. Oh, Jesus and so Christ. so she's born. There's time traveling. She like yeah it, yeah exactly right. So she's like born of sin right. Exactly. And like her whole entire life, she's always wanted to go to this academy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know why. She loves this dance. She doesn't know why. And her mom has always felt like that she's this you know creature of sin for whatever reason. And the when she finally gets to Berlin and like it's her calling. Like this is like she's drawn to it for whatever reason. And when she finally is exposed to everything and, like, 
she she makes the conscious decision because I think they even say it like you have to like choose one mother. So she denounces her real birth mom and like lets Mother Suspiriorum in and in that she's like getting rid of her Susie and she is basically becoming Mother Suspiriorum. That's where we get the scene where her mom, the scene turns, that's where it turns kind of like the original Suspiria. Like her mom's about to, it's close to dying. The whole screen goes red. Oh, pizza's here. So. <laughs> okay, guys, we're back. Now that we've had pizza. Pizza. <laughs> we can finally get back to where we were. I was going to say that I agree with your point, Nate. Everything just seems very beautifully set up. Even from the get-go, they're questioning. You're like, you're not even supposed to have an audition. Be like, you're lucky to be here. And then she's she's asking for Madame, Madame Blanc. And then I really like in that scene even that um she kind of like... It shows you that she's not in the room, and then in two seconds later, she is in the mm-hmm. room, and that's when the kind of the weird stuff starts popping off. Where you're like, "What's going on yeah. in this movie?" But I will say that I do think it's a birthright that she's from birth. She is Mother Superiorum, and even she might not even know why she wants to be in this coven so much. But then once, I feel like once she kind of figures out what's going on with the whole Mother Marcos and Madame Blanc, he mm-hmm. kind of, she kind of like sides with madame blanc and then kind of it's like all about taking out all the false prophets madame blanc to me has always felt like she's the lesser of the evils where (laughs) it's like she wants to turn the coven around and she's like respecting the art and then and the end when Susie appears and we realize like what's really truly going on here um marcos turns to her to Blanc, and she's like, this isn't art. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? She's like, this is witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, like, this is not supposed to look beautiful. This is fucking metal. Yeah, you know this I is mean? sick. <laughs> but no, like, no, I think it's, I think that's exactly what it is, because you even have, like, Susie's, like, when she's doing the dance, like, the, the contortion dance, basically, and she's telling Madame Blanc, like, no, it needs to be like this. Like, it's because she knows. knows. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she has it inside of her, so. Can we talk about the devil thing? Yeah, let's talk about what the, f- I don't the know, devil. death devil. I will say that because i think she super she supersedes religion and all of that evil and good that she can um she like she's the death, mom. death is her right yeah <laughs> death is her right, <laughs> wing, her right hand and she could just summon death as she pleases yeah, all right. That's silence cool. all Whatever. the non-believers yeah <laughs> sure i'm down silence all, yeah <laughs> made them all blow up like that shit um, was crazy okay dude. so i i know you guys just said you feel opposite about this but i do not love the editing and the quick the like the quick editing that they did here, the slow mo, fast mo, whatever yeah, the hell it is. Right? <laughs> yeah. So whatever that is, it doesn't really work for me. Even though I'm I'm loving what I see, but mm-hmm. I think I would love to see it more in um, normal speed. And that just might be more of like being part of the the Ari Aster club of like, okay, I would like to see these naked dancing people in regular motion, screaming and blowing up or whatever, because it just makes it that much more un- unsettling. Honestly, I feel like this maybe tames it down a little more mm. to where and shit this might even be a, a a choice for rating you know what i mean where it's like this will be x rated unless you do something to make this not look as crazy mm-hmm. but i've never loved that but i do love what's going on yeah so I, art art is subjective so that's just my opinion that that doesn't look as good as it possibly could i did not i like i love that scene i don't think that that specific editing choice makes me like that scene even more like i think i would have been fine if it was normal or if it was like this i can see why they made that choice like it does really make it feel almost more hellish mm-hmm. you know um disorientating like disorienting but and then i also have to wonder like did they do that for a rating case or did they do that because maybe the cgi wasn't looking like you know what i mean like I mean, the cgi does not look great like when uh, Ma- madame blanc's head 
her neck explodes. Yeah, it does not look good. So I'm like, maybe they maybe they made those choices to hide some of the imperfections or whatever. But no, I, I see what you're saying. It I, is a lot. I do think it's just very art house of itself to do it. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's like it just wants to linger on. Look, this twist that just happened. What you didn't see it happening, and now look, it's in slow mo. Look at everything that's fucking happening, and it's you didn't slow, think it was fast mo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and look at how cool it looks, and like because one, I, I don't, can't even remember the last time I saw slow like that. That's a very 70s thing to do. Because I've seen 70s movies that have that quick, slow editing. You really don't get that that much anymore, though. But That's I'm, that gorilla shit of like, oh, we're going to film it like this, and then we're going to do this cool thing. But I think but that's, that's, where, cool. yeah, right. that's where the movie becomes just like the B, the B movies, which I agree with you, Nate. I don't think it works better because it's in that way, but it could have been shot regular, and I think it would have worked the same yeah. for me. I do think even it's interesting how, yeah, Ma, like Madame Blanc's fucking neck, it's like, she points like her hand and it's like snaps it, but then later the thing just gets lazy and like doesn't even touch people anymore. So it's just like flicking just like, its fingers. Yeah. Head just blow up. You know what? You <laughs> you get you get a death. You get a death. You get a death. This doesn't matter to me, but the sequence I feel like is where this movie devolves. And it's like I tried being this highbrow thing for the whole movie, and then at the end I'm like, all right, I gotta lay. No, it. no, it really is. It is such a fucking flip from the entire movie, which is why like it really does just catch you off guard, especially like even the lighting and everything, like. It is just such a flip, but yeah, uh, he he had some fun with that. <laughs> yeah, it's like time to let go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, that pretty much takes me to the end. Oh well, the only other thing I wanted to say it's a it's a it's just a cool fucking scene is when Madame Blanc is sending the visions to Susie, mm-hmm. and you have the purple light. That's and cool. The green Very light, sick. Yeah. Cool red shit. light, and like I was watching it, and I was changing my LED light as it was. I was like, oh, You're like, all right, I'm here too. You know what I mean? Shrek 4D. Other than that, yeah, I fucking love this movie. Um, I wouldn't say I think it's a perfect movie. I no. honestly think it's far from it, but. I just fucking enjoy this movie no, quite I think, a bit, and I know yeah. you guys do too. No, this is a great... I think it's a very fun movie. It's it's a, it's a lot, like... And if you haven't seen it, like, there are things that are probably going to catch you off guard. Um, and just, like, like what we've been talking about, especially like we talked about in the beginning, like, just to see a director take, you know, somebody's IP and turn it into something... Hallowed source Totally different, too. yeah. Not something that was bad. No, no. It's no. something people love. It's, yeah, it's highly regarded. Yeah. And to turn it into something that people also highly regard is it's impressive and it makes me it makes me love this movie you know i'm honestly not even sure if people love this movie or not and i've never looked to see because i'm like i, I don't care you can, when this is not subjective for me this movie fucking rips. yeah when i when i was doing research it seems like people really enjoy this movie well, that's good so i think it's actually falls in a little like what i was gonna say to me this movie feels like what people must have felt when they saw rosemary's baby that's what you're gonna say malignant. <laughs> 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 like Rosemary's baby in terms of like I can't believe the shit that I just saw. This automatically is always gonna be staple piece in my head. But if you haven't seen it, it does seem like just some weirdo shit that you're like, why? What's so scary about that? Mm-hmm. But once you get yourself to watch it, you're like, oh shit. I would say honestly, proceed with caution. If this is not your thing, like horror that is directly trying to shock you and yeah. unsettle you, maybe don't watch it. But if you're if you're a freak like us, yeah. you're a sicko. This is right up your alley. Some good old disturbing body horror. This fits my uh, description of films that's like, they're better when they're made by sickos. You know what I mean? Like people who Big just facts. have these really fucked up ideas. Not criminals, not bad people, but just sick fucks. Some wild you know sons of bitches, mean? yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Um, does that wrap us up? I think so, yeah. I, so. I think I'm good. Okay. No. Well, this is an Amazon original, so if you have Prime Video, you can yeah, watch this shit for up. free. Yep. Um, and it's going to be there forever, so that's why we've seen it so many times, too. And I I can't say anything more than 
Go watch this movie. Yeah, for real. Be careful who you watch it with. Maybe not your mom or somebody like that. Hail Mother Superiorum. <laughs> you want the PG version? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want the, 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 the kind of more PG version? Watch the original. If you want it to get twisted. Yeah, it. if you want it to be like, oh, that was cool. It had some cool stuff in it. You watch the original. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen either, I would recommend yeah. starting with the OG and then moving to uh, yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, it's the omnibus for the movie yeah. where it's like, okay, that one didn't really give me too much, but now it's time to learn about mm-hmm. the lore. But uh, you want to take us out, Nate? Yeah. All right, guys. If, if you're listening on uh, YouTube, smash all those motherfucking buttons, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace.